Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Be seated. Imagine going to a national park like Arches or Yellowstone, but not going in to see the arch formations or Old Faithful. Imagine going to a museum, but not going in to see the exhibits. Imagine getting a gift of delicious food in the mail, but not opening it, not eating it, letting it go to waste. Why would you do any of those things, right? But that's what happens at Christmas for many people. The story of Advent and Christmas is the entrance, the door into the story of Jesus. It's not the end. It's not the destination. It's the beginning, the entrance. But sadly, for many people, too many They stop at the entrance of the story. They don't go in. But it's when you go in, there's the reward. Then you see the wonders. Then you taste all the wonderful flavors. So we start each church year on this first Sunday of Advent by going in. By going into Jerusalem with Jesus, where in just a few days, Jesus will reach the end of why he came, the cross. And with this, we remember why we are entering the story once again. This is why we came, where we are going, and what we will see. And that sight is glorious, far more glorious than amazing stone arches, a faithful geyser, a delicious banquet, or anything else in this world. The death of the Son of God for sinners like us. That sinners like us may be sons of God. So today we heard the story of Jesus entering Jerusalem. But he needs a donkey to ride in as a humble king. Now, as God, Jesus could have just ordered that donkey to come and serve him, just as he caused the pairs of animals to go into Noah's ark. For all of creation obeys his voice. Um, All that is except... For one, man, rebellious man, the creature God made in his own image. The creature Jesus is entering Jerusalem to save, to restore that image, his (coughs) image that we sold. And for what? What did we think more important than that? A piece of fruit? A bowl of stew? 
Some pleasure that won't last. What is it for you? More important than God's word. What do you sell your inheritance for? Put before God in your life. And why? Why? Is it really worth it? But Jesus puts nothing before saving you. He gives up everything for you. He wouldn't come into this world and then not enter into his suffering and death. That would be unthinkable. So Jesus didn't come into creation and start bossing it around, though he could have. And on those occasions when he did, it wasn't for himself. It was to save people, the lepers, the demon-possessed, the sick, the dead. And to use these things as pointers or foreshadowings of what he would do finally and fully for us through the cross. For he came not to be served, but to serve us. He came not just to be God in the world, he was that already. He came to be the Savior of the world. And so he came as one of us. And to live as one of us. Only with this difference. To live perfectly. So that man wouldn't be the only part of creation that didn't heed the voice of God. So he did. For us all. And so before he entered Jerusalem that day and needed that donkey, before that, he needed a mother. He needed a manger. He needed feeding and changing. He needed to learn and grow until the time came when he needed to die. To die as one of us To die for all of us. Because we had need of that. We needed Jesus to be our beast of burden. To carry our rebellion to the cross. And to bear our sins there under the wrath of God. And bear the punishment due. So he did. For just as Jesus told those two disciples he sent to go get that donkey. So his father had told him to go get us. So he did. And when he rode into Jerusalem that day, he received the praises of those he came to save. Though not all of them. A great crowd, though, began to rejoice and say, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This, too, a foreshadowing of that great multitude that no one can number. Who will rejoice on the last day when Jesus comes again visibly into our world to raise the dead and take us home. But in Jerusalem that day, as it is today, as it will be on the last day, some would have nothing of it. 
They would not and so will not enter into Jesus' story. Instead, teacher, rebuke your disciples is what they cry out. And many are rebuking his disciples, his church today. Rebuking our teaching, rebuking our truth, rebuking us. They want Jesus no more today than they did then. And so Jesus they crucified. And they would the church too. But Jesus didn't go all God on them. Calling down 12 legions of angels to defend himself. Calling down fire from heaven to destroy those who were nailing the nails into his hands. Or mocking him. Or crumpling up the cross between two of his fingers because he could have done all those things. Instead, he just hung there and quietly spoke to those who would listen. Father, forgive them. Never were more powerful words so simply and quietly spoken. Those words that break the devil's back. And make us right again. Right with God. Words of victory from a dying man. So Jesus enters Jerusalem that day to speak those words. Those words of victory. Which is why he rides a donkey. Not only because it is humble compared to a war horse, but because it is a sign of the victory Jesus has come to win. Because when you ride on a donkey instead of a war horse, that means the battle is over. The victory is won. You don't need the war horse. Now, Jesus would still need to go to the cross and complete his victory in his death and resurrection, but it is as good as done already. Because when God makes a promise, it is a sure thing. It will be fulfilled. And so are the words we heard from Jeremiah today fulfilled by Jesus. He is the righteous branch that sprang up for David in his birth. And he is the Lord our righteousness. To make us right on the cross and here today. For those words of victory Jesus spoke from the cross, he's still speaking here to you. Father, forgive them. And you are. Because Jesus has entered your story as well. For as I said before, just as Jesus told two of his disciples to go get that donkey for him, his father had told him to go and get you. So he did. He baptized you and made you his. He gave you his spirit. He feeds you with his body and blood. His righteousness and victory he gives to you. The donkey was humble. But so are the words and the water and the bread and wine he rides in today. Those words spoken from the cross were simple and quiet yet powerful, but so is the word proclaimed here. 
Words of love and mercy and forgiveness in the midst of a world filled with noise and disagreement and strife. But we don't have to shout and be spectacular. Just speak the word of God in truth and love. He does the rest. Jesus does the rest. Entering lives broken by sin. Lives beaten up and beaten down by the world and its power. Lives shattered by lives. Lives despairing and weak. Our lives. Entering with his forgiveness and healing and hope. So that when he comes again in glory, we will not be rebuked. But welcome home without stretched arms. And so in anticipation of that day and recognizing the reality of Jesus' coming today, we sing the same words those who welcomed him into Jerusalem that day say. (laughs) Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We will sing right before that same body and blood that rode into Jerusalem is given to us here. We take our place in the crowd, welcoming him. And not only that, but we also pray as Paul did. Not only for holy and blameless hearts through the forgiveness given us here, but also that the Lord would make us increase and abound in love for one another and for all. That Advent would not just be the start of a new church year, but the start of a new life for us. Living in the image of We were created to be. So today we enter Jesus' story again as he entered ours. This year we will hear of wonders. This year we will taste and see that the Lord is good. It will be a year of blessing for us. For where the word of God is, there is Jesus. And where Jesus is, there is blessing. The Savior of the nations. Who came. The savior of the nations who comes. And the savior of the nations who is coming again. So come Lord Jesus. Oh come, oh come Emmanuel. God with us. Come to the world. Come to us. Come to me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.